So a lot of this is going to come down to worthiness. And a lot of times we're finding our worth and value and how much we're, we're doing and how productive we are and how impressive we are and how many gold stars and how many raises we can get. And so it's actually going to be a matter of disconnecting your self-worth from how much you do. Welcome to the Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. Welcome to episode 99 of the Sensitive and Soulful Show. Oh my gosh, we are one episode away from 100. That's so freaking cool. I'm like, I'm honestly pretty dang proud of myself. I'm not even going to lie. Showing up to this podcast day in and day out, making it happen every single week. Like, here we are. Oh my gosh. Okay, so episode 99. And this one is going to be a fun one. This is going to be an empowering one. This is one that I hope is going to make you feel really freaking good about yourself. And I hope see your sensitivity in a fresh light. So today we're going to be talking about the strengths and superpowers of being highly sensitive and how you can discover your unique superpower as a highly sensitive person. So I would recommend before listening to this episode, like hit pause and go take the empath archetype quiz. This is a quiz that I created for highly sensitive people, empathic people to take to really discover your unique superpower. What are your gifts? What is the thing that you are so naturally good at? Um, If you go to the show notes of this episode, you will find a link to the empath archetype quiz. So go take that, see what your results are. I think it's going to make this episode even more fun and impactful for you or take it at the end and and see if you're, you know, if you're right about what your unique gift is, you probably already have a good idea. Um, But yeah. And let me know your results. Definitely. I always tell people like, if you take the quiz share it on Instagram stories, tag me, let me know. I want to hear if it resonated with you. Like I'm so into this. So I'm excited. Let's get into the episode. First of all, I wanted to talk about the strengths and superpowers, whatever you want to call it, of being highly sensitive, because there's of course a lot of focus on how we can minimize the hard parts of being highly sensitive, how we can manage our sensitivity, how we can, you know, take better care of ourselves, all the things, which is like very important, but I don't think there's enough, enough emphasis on the things that are great about being highly sensitive and how this is like a gift that was bestowed upon us and how we are actually really, really good at things that a lot of people aren't good at, or the things that often come so naturally to us 
like we think nothing of it we're like oh yeah everyone's good at this or oh that's not a big deal like that's the thing that always blows my mind is we are naturally good at so many things and we just like write it off as no big deal and we don't even recognize it as a strength and so my intention with this episode is to help you see that you have things within you that are a freaking strength that make you super powerful that make you stand out that make you unique that make you an incredible friend an incredible partner employee whatever that looks like like you have these parts of you so let's shine a light on them so today we're going to be talking about four four of the main strengths i see in highly sensitive people and these are going to go in line with the empath archetype so that's why i encourage you to take that quiz and follow along um so first let me share what the four empath archetypes are really the four strengths of highly sensitive people so number one is the caretaker soul so this is the person who is really nurturing helpful they're the the caretaker then we have the empathic leader and this is a person who is confident purposeful inspiring emotionally intelligent Then we have the intuitive queen. This is a person who is spiritual, connected, really like in flow. And then finally, we have the creative maven. And this is the person who's artistic, a dreamer, spontaneous. So these are the four empath archetypes. And really these are, I, I created these as the embodiment of the different strengths of highly sensitive people. Now, a few side notes. Number one, we all have all of these strengths within us as HSPs. So when I first created this quiz, I had people asking me all the time, well, can I be all four of these? Like, I don't think I'm just one. And my answer is absolutely. You can and are all four of these. I have just found that we tend to lead with one or two of them more strongly than the others. Some of us tend to lean into intuition and being like a leader. Others are more of that artist Others are more of a caretaker. So when you take the quiz, you also get to see which percentage you are of each um, archetype. So you can kind of see like how you weigh in. And also it's just for fun. Like this is not like some official thing. It's literally just for fun and playful. So take it as you will. Um, And the final note is that, of course, we have way more strengths than just these four. These are just like four prominent ones that I've, I've identified and seen in so many highly sensitive people. So let's talk about them. So number one, let's talk about the caretaker soul. Let's talk about the person who is just the nurturing person. Like, okay, this is such a beautiful strength. And with each of these strengths, I'm going to talk about why it's awesome. And I'm also going to identify some of the shadow parts of this, like the things that can be a challenge with this so that you can see it in yourself and learn how to work with these strengths that you have even more powerfully. So the caretaker soul, this this is you if you're the person who is the nurturer, you're always thinking of others, you're always thinking ahead, you're always kind of like assessing other people's needs, you tend to be super empathetic. A lot of caretaker souls, I think this is actually the most popular result um, of highly sensitive people, like there's so many caretaker souls. And you know, what's really interesting is a lot of the person who get this result who identify as the caretaker actually find themselves in caretaking roles. So they're like nurses or therapists or veterinarians, like working with the public, supporting others. And I like to think like, how cool that when we have this natural ability and we're actually using it as our vocation and we're using it to help others. So this is such a strength. And I think that caretakers, we often can take this for granted. 
And we can think, well, why doesn't everyone care in this way? Or what, isn't this like natural to everyone else? But like, it's not. And part of being highly sensitive is your deep empathy. The fact that you feel what other people feel so so naturally. And I find that the caretakers have a special knack for this, where as highly sensitive people, we have an abundance of empathy. We actually have more active mirror neurons in the brain. And so what a gift this is. Like Instead of seeing our our empathy and the way we feel so much for others as a burden or, oh, why does it all fall on my shoulders? I mean, I have a few thoughts about this, but one, like, let's look at this from an empowering stance. Like, oh my gosh, we were literally wired this way because we actually have this ability to care for others in such a unique and meaningful way. So if you identify as the caretaker, this is beautiful. I love this for you. And something that I want to share in terms of the shadow side of, of the caretaker soul is that, of course, we can find ourselves running into burnout when when we don't have strong boundaries around our empathetic, caring nature. So what this can look like is something called compassion fatigue. A lot of caretaker souls will message me and be like, oh my gosh, how do I handle like all the hard stuff going on in the news? Or how do I handle like my sick family member? I feel so overwhelmed. I feel just like everything is on my shoulders. And so this can be the shadow side of being such a, an empathetic and caring person. So if this sounds like you, if you identify with this, something that I really want you to strongly think about is how can you have stronger boundaries around your empathy? And so what this means is really making sure you check in with yourself before you always give to others, right? So instead of just like blindly always being there for others, because I know you have such a big and caring heart, I want to encourage you to check in with yourself, right? See first if you have the capacity to support someone else. And if you don't, if you check in with yourself and you're like, man, I am so exhausted. And like, I know my friend really needs my support right now but I am tired and I need to take a nap or I need to go to bed early. You need to show yourself that love and set the boundary and let your friend know, Hey, I actually don't have space to chat. Let's re- let's chat on Thursday. So that's what I mean when I say have boundaries around your empathy is we cannot always be available to everyone all of the time. We do have to prioritize ourselves and our needs because I can tell you from experience that if you're always just like putting your needs on the back burner and always putting everyone else first all of the time, you are going to burn out. You're going to become resentful. So it's really important to first check in with yourself. And from that place, you can really harness the gift and superpower of your empathy, of your caring nature, because you're going to actually have more capacity to give. So uh, the way I like to think about boundaries is like they are helping you make space for more of what matters to you. So if you don't have boundaries and you're just like giving to everyone all of the time, I picture this as like being very scattered. You're just like all over the place. You're giving a little bit here, giving it a little bit there, giving, you know, to everyone else. You're just like spread out and scattered. And it actually isn't as meaningful because you don't have much to give. Versus when you have boundaries around your empathy and you have ways to fill up your own cup, I know, so cliche, but it's it's important, then when you do give to others, you're able to give your full undivided attention because you have more to give, because it's more intentional, it's more meaningful, you're able to show up and really give it the attention that, that it deserves versus this scattered energy. So that would be my recommendation, like 
checking in with yourself. Um, the other thing that I want to encourage with this archetype is really checking in with feeling overly responsible for other people. This is something that I have fallen into that a lot of highly sensitive people fall into, which is just this, this, um, feeling of like, oh, if I don't do it, who will, or I need to be in charge of everything. I need to, you know, be checking everything off the list. It's going to fa all fall on me. I want you to question that if that sounds like you, because it's not all on you. And we actually have to give space for other people to also step up and take, take some action. And again, this goes back to boundaries. And if you want me to talk more about boundaries, send me a DM on Instagram. I also have a, a podcast episode about boundaries. I think it's like episode number two. So definitely go check that out. But these are so important for you as a caretaker soul to, to really thrive and to really use your caretaking, your empathy as the beautiful gift that it is. So that's the first one, caretaker soul, that nurturing, helpful, just like loving person. I just picture the caretaker. You're just like a ball of love and you give a good hug and you're just like so thoughtful. Like, oh, I love the caretakers. Okay. The next type that I want to talk about is the empathic leader. Okay. So a lot of highly sensitive people that have gotten this result have messaged me and been like, whoa, I was really surprised by this. Or like, oh, I didn't think that I could be highly sensitive and like be regarded as a leader. And I, I love this. So when I think of the empathic leader, I think of somebody who has this like gentle strength and gentle confidence. The empathic leader is the person who is emotionally intelligent and they're really like, like they can assess other people's needs. So they're using they're using their emotional intelligence. They're using their depth of processing and the way they notice the little details. And they're using this as a strength. So like I picture like an empathic leader, maybe being a boss and knowing how to communicate with the different people on their team in different ways. So they're using their empathy and their emotional intelligence as a really big strength in their leadership. And I think that empathy is such an undervalued strength when it comes to leadership positions. But I do actually feel like we are seeing a shift in the workplace and in society uh, toward really um, starting to like regard empathy more highly than we did in the past. So a lot of times we think of a leader as somebody who's just like standing on the podium and they're like barking orders and they're like boisterous and like in your face and, and all of that. And when I think of the empathic leader, like I said, it's that person with like a gentle confidence and with a strength and maybe they're not the loudest person in the room, but when they talk, you listen and they lead by example. And they use their, their sensitivity to help them as a leader. So they're noticing, they know the different ways to communicate with the people on their team. And, and they, because they're so empathetic and intuitive, they know the inspiring messages that people need to hear. So maybe you're an entrepreneur and, and you really identify with being like a thought leader and an inspiring voice for others. And you know how to uplift people. Like, what a strength. Like that is incredible. Right. And I'm really like, this is what I see. And like, I, I picture, um, my work, my hope is to help more of you become those empathic leaders in your life, whether that means, you know, being a boss or being an entrepreneur, or just like having this confidence and being a leader in your own home, in your life, being an example to the people around you, 
I just, I really do view things shifting toward really a, a society really valuing more sensitive, gentle approach to things, a more thoughtful approach. And so that's what I really see the empathic leader as they really have the ability to tune into the needs of others in order to inspire and motivate. And so let's talk about the shadow side of the um, empathic leader. What I see for this is really, again, kind of an over-responsibility. Oh, it's all on my shoulders. But you know, the other thing, because I know this type, because I can definitely identify with this is I can see the empathic leader often being the type to work way too hard and burn themselves out because they're doing so much. They're doing, doing, doing. Because a lot of us who do want to view ourselves as leaders or do see ourselves as leaders can put that pressure on ourselves, can be overachievers, can be the people that are like trying to do it all and trying to be perfect and trying to impress others. And so that can really be the shadow side of this, right? So if that resonates with you, if you're the type who never feels complete with your to-do list. You're always doing, 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 and it never feels like enough. I just often find that this comes along with this archetype. And so again, we're going to come back to boundaries. We're going to come back to checking in with ourselves. And and really a question that I would love for you to ask yourself if you identify with this, if you have trouble resting and and like feeling like you've done enough, I would love for you to ask yourself like, If you look at your to-do list and it feels like, oh my gosh, I can't get through this. And now I feel terrible about myself. Like ask yourself, what am I making it mean about me? If I don't get to all of this, what am I making it mean about me? If I rest, am I viewing myself as lazy? Am I scared that I'm going to fall behind? Am I afraid of what people will think of me? These are questions that you want to ask yourself and just like be really honest Um, from personal experience, since I can relate to this, I've definitely been afraid to slow down because I've been afraid of falling behind. I've been afraid of people viewing me as lazy. I've felt I've had this extreme discomfort around resting because I felt like I was going to miss opportunities. I felt like I wasn't doing enough. And there was so much perfectionism and just like so much pressure I was putting on myself beneath the surface, right? So that's what I would encourage you to reflect on. And really when you can kind of make those connections and see this in yourself and see, oh, I am having trouble resting. Oh, and I am feeling responsible for everyone else. Having the awareness is key and it's the first step to then shifting it, right? So a lot of this is going to come down to worthiness. And a lot of times we're finding our worth and value and how much we're we're doing, and how productive we are, and how impressive we are, and how many gold stars, and how many raises we can get. And so it's actually going to be a matter of disconnecting your self-worth from how much you do. I have an entire course on this. It's called the Sensitive and Soulful Self-Worth Course. It's freaking (laughs) so good, and I think every person should take it. But if you struggle with finding your self-worth and value and how much you always do for other people, that course is an absolute must. And this is really going to be the shadow side. So when you can work through this, it's very similar to the caretaker. When you can work through this and when you can not overdo it and not push yourself way too hard and not get so wrapped up in productivity, then you can show up with more intention, more energy, more groundedness, and really lean into the strength that you have as an empathic leader and really 
you know, have the, cause when you're, when you're not so bogged down with all the to do's and you have more space to observe and you're able to observe what people need, cause you're not in survival mode. You're not in fight or flight. You actually are more grounded and calm. So then you can show up more grounded and calm for the people that you were leading, whether it's a team or your family or whatever, you can show up with that grounded energy, which is going to just make you a great, better leader, which is going to ultimately get you better results. So it's better all around. So that's the empathic leader. Okay, now let's talk about the intuitive queen. So this was, I think this is still my number one result. I have to take the quiz again, but um, almost every time I've taken it, I think this is my number one result. So the intuitive queen is spiritual, connected, flowy. They, they really trust their intuition and they allow themselves to be guided by a higher power. So this is a huge strength for highly sensitive people. And a lot of highly sensitive people have a really devoted spiritual practice or they end up getting into spirituality. So for me, my own experience with this was like, I was never a spiritual person. I wouldn't have, I mean, I didn't consider myself that I just was like, I don't know, just living my life normal. Wasn't super into anything like that. And then I had a life experience, severe digestive issues and chronic anxiety, super stress, all the things. And I got into meditation to help me minimize my stress and it changed my life. It opened me up to my intuition. It opened me up to feeling connected to a power that was greater than me. And it was literally life-changing. It took me from feeling like, oh, I have to do everything myself. Oh, I'm all on my own. Oh my gosh, this is so much. I'm so anxious to literally feeling like I can be held and guided. And it made life more magical. And that is the gift of being an intuitive. If you're the intuitive queen, which again, we all have all of these strengths within us, but highly sensitive people are specifically more prone to be more intuitive. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but hopefully you get what I mean. Um, high sensitive, Highly sensitive people tend to be quite intuitive naturally because of the way that we're so open to the world around us. Like we are observing everything. We're taking so much in. We're just feeling so much. And so we really have this capacity to be so deeply connected to the world around us. That is like, what a gift. And a lot of highly sensitive people, unfortunately, cut themselves off from their intuition because we gaslight ourselves because other people gaslit us. Because we, a lot of us grew up hearing, you're too much, you're too much, stop overthinking it, or you're being dramatic. And so we learn to distrust ourselves. And so we cut ourselves off from our incredible intuition. And so, you know, the work that I do in my self-worth course and um, inside of the sensitive and soulful vault as well, all of the work that I do is designed to help you return to yourself, trust yourself again, so that you can tap into the incredible gifts you have, like your intuition. So I would say that some HSPs, the ones who identify with the intuitive queen on the empath archetype quiz are going to just even more naturally lean into this. And so this person is often the one who, you know, instead of making decisions only based on like pros and cons, or here's the logical reasons, they're also like meditating on it, journaling on it and being like, okay, I, I trust that the answer is going to come through me. I trust that I'm going to be guided by a higher power. I trust that I'm going to see signs. This is such a fun way to live. It, it really opens you up to magic. And some tips for you if you want to feel more connected to your intuition. Um, something I like to do is 
is to really get yourself into the habit of seeing all of the, the intuitive guidance you actually have around you. So take like a day or two. And I want you to notice all of the little synchronicities and signs that happen. So what I mean by this is like, you look at the microwave and it's 1111, write that down. Think about what you were thinking about <laughs> when you saw that 1111 on the, on the microwave. Just start to make little connections or think of the times when you were thinking of, of a friend and then she called you or that time that you had a gut feeling about a job and then you were right. It ended up being terrible. Like make a list of all of these things because all of this is going to help you see, oh, dang, I actually have a strong intuition. Like, cool. I actually am more powerful than I realized. Like, that's amazing. And this is where when we can start to make those connections, we can start to trust ourselves and our intuition more, but it's like a muscle and you just have to strengthen it and you have to get into the practice of using it. Now, the shadow side of the intuitive queen, the person who is very led by their intuition is sometimes we can fall into overwhelm and fall into this feeling of ungroundedness because we are so much in our heads and we're so much like in the like ethers. And then we're often feeling like scatterbrained and like, oh, it's hard to focus. I don't know what to do. I have so many ideas. I don't know which one to go with. And so for, for this, if this sounds like you, something that I would encourage you to do is one, a cord cutting meditation, which I have. I can link it in the show notes because sometimes we get so like bogged down by everyone else's energy that we actually lose connection with ourselves and then it can contribute to overwhelm. The other thing that I would say is, is have practices to really ground yourself and to get into the lower, the, the root chakra. If you're familiar with the chakra system, the, the root chakra is at the base of your spine and it's really connected to feelings of safety and being rooted and just like secure. And a lot of highly sensitive people struggle with feeling grounded. A lot of us have this like general feeling of overwhelm, overstimulation, and oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed and things are too much. And so having ways that you ground yourself, whether that's going outside, putting your bare feet on the ground or mindfully like taking slow drinks of cold water or laying under a weighted blanket, like whatever that looks like, like having ways to ground yourself can be really, really nourishing for you if you tend to be a very intuitive, go with the flow type of person. Um, you also might really benefit from not necessarily feeling like you have to set up your calendar or set up your life in the traditional way. So you actually, I think that intuitive flowy people, because I would consider myself that for sure. We, we really seem to thrive when we have, we have boundaries around ourselves, but they're not rigid. So what I mean by that is like, for me, I really thrive when I can create some space in my schedule. And like, I have like three things on my to-do list, like nothing super, like I don't do intense to-do lists anymore. It's very manageable, but I have these things that I want to do. They're loose, you know, loose things that I want to do that day. Um, but I leave space in my schedule so I can kind of intuitively flow through my day and get to these items. So the items are like the grounded piece. These are the things I'm going to do, but I give myself space to do them and really work with my energy. Now I want to have a side note here because some of you listening might be working in the corporate world and you might be rolling your eyes and be so annoyed by that. And I totally get it because I worked in the corporate world for, I don't know, seven, e seven years maybe. Um, and so I also understand like 
we don't always have the luxury of time and setting up our schedule to like fully support us and, and things like that. And I also feel that as a mom, like I'm just fitting things in. And so if you don't have the space for that, or you can't really set up your schedule to fully support you in, in that way, something you can do if you don't have the luxury of time or the flexibility is find ways in small moments throughout your day to ground yourself, to come back to into your body and to just ask yourself what you need and see if you can make space, whether it's going for a five minute walk or whether it's just like doing some box breathing, something to reconnect yourself, reconnect you to yourself and feeling grounded. That's going to be huge because I have found that when we are firmly rooted and grounded in our bodies, when we have that sense of safety within, we can then actually access our intuition in a much stronger way because we're not clouded by anxiety and overwhelm and everyone else's energy and feelings, right? So intuitive queen. Finally, we have the creative maven. So the creative maven is the person who's artistic. They're a dreamer. Maybe they're spontaneous. This person really loves the richness of life and they make everything around them more beautiful. So I think this is probably the least common result of the empath archetype. I don't see this one popping up a whole lot, but I love me a creative maven. And this is like, as a highly sensitive person, so as highly sensitive people, we really have this ability to see experience life in such a deep, rich, meaningful way. And this is what makes life so beautiful. And it's what makes life so painful for us. It's the juxtaposition. I I talked about this in last week's episode, the beautiful intensity of being highly sensitive. And I think that most artists, not all, but a lot of artists, a lot of great artists are highly sensitive in some way. They are deeply connected. They feel it all. And so because of their ability to feel it all and just like, oh my goodness, like feel the pain and feel the passion that makes them a great artist because they are just like, oh, they're in it and they have so much to share and they want to get their feelings across the page or share their feelings in a song. Like this is so beautiful. Art is such an amazing way to alchemize our experiences and to support others and uplift others and, and self-express. Um, I have, I've worked with one incredible woman who is a total artist and she has talked about how art therapy has been just so beneficial for her and has been life-changing for her. And I just love that. And this is art. And for me, my, my form of art is writing. Writing has been so therapeutic for me, so healing for me. Before I got into the work that I'm doing now, I had so much anxiety and I felt stressed and I felt disconnected from myself. I felt like there was this, like this disconnection between how I was living my life and who I truly am. I just felt like it was just like out of alignment. And as soon as I started writing and expressing myself, like so much of my anxiety went away. It was like, oh my gosh, it felt like, oh, I felt like I was like flowing. Like you can tell I just get so passionate, passionate about this because it's such a beautiful part of our lives that we can, we can unlock and have access to. And so a lot of highly sensitive people are highly creative. And unfortunately, a lot of us had the creativity snuffed out of us at a young age because maybe we're like, well, what would I do with that for a career? That's not practical. Like you should get more into math and science, which is great. But like, that wasn't the path for all of us. And so some of us were creative at heart and then lost sight of that. And so leaning into creativity, if you have that urge to go to a pottery class or go paint or 
just like, you know, maybe gardening, gardening is like your canvas. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just so beautiful. So that is the creative maven. It's that person who just like sees things and wants to express and wants to share and create and make their pain into art and share with others. Like, oh, I love this. And then the shadow side of the creative maven is going to be similar, I would say, to the intuitive queen. So it might be kind of being flighty, maybe having a hard time, like, with feelings of overwhelm and and not feeling like they can kind of manage all of their thoughts. And so my advice to for this archetype is simple. It's one, it's doing the grounding exercises, but two, lean into your art to express yourself. I find that a lot of people who are very creative can sometimes get stuck in a rut of, oh my gosh, I need to please others with my art. I'm over, we start to overthink. Is it good enough? Is it good enough? Is it perfectionism? That's the other shadow side of this one for sure is that the perfectionism and getting caught up in what society is saying, which is then suppressing us and suppressing our beautiful art that we have to share with the world, which is such a shame. And so to me, I find that the antidote for this person, for the creative soul, the creative maven is to take messy action, to express yourself to give yourself permission to be imperfect because there is so much healing that comes from you sharing your art, not only healing for you, but healing for others who read your words, who see your painting, who um, listen to your music. There is so much healing and beauty there. It's just like, it's therapeutic. So the times that you get stuck in perfectionism, the times that you get overwhelmed, the times that you wonder if it's enough, I would love to encourage you to just take one small messy action, one small step, allow yourself to be imperfect. I'm going to preach imperfection from the friggin' rooftops because I show up for this podcast so imperfectly with my hair in a ponytail. It's like, I haven't like washed my hair in a few days. That's nothing new. I, I don't wash my hair. I shower, but I don't wash my hair every day. Um, you know, my room's not perfect. Like I'm just, it doesn't have to be perfect. Nothing has to be perfect. What's important is you showing up and sharing your message and trusting that it's enough, trusting that your heart and soul, your passion is enough because it is. People feel that. People feel that. And oh my gosh, like I actually just did an Instagram story today and this this relates to the creative maven. I did an Instagram story today sharing feedback I got from one of my clients because we we had a call today and she had shared with us like, oh my gosh, this is the safest space I've ever been in. I've been in tons of online communities. So this is saying a lot. And that really touched my heart and soul because I don't show up with a whole bunch of fancy things. I'm not like having all these like beautiful PDFs and this whole thought out like plan. Like what I do in my communities and in the work I do is largely around just seeing you, listening to you, creating a space for HSPs to share shame free and i share my story and i share my my truth and the things that i'm navigating that's all it's nothing fancy it's nothing fancy it's nothing perfect and yet yeah, it's creating healing for for others for me it's creating safety just by showing up authentically so i want you to think about that when it comes to sharing your art not overthinking it and not thinking oh my gosh i have to have this perfect and it needs to please everyone it's not going to please everyone and it doesn't have to be perfect and it absolutely doesn't have to be complicated it just has to be you it just has to be your passion and your heart and your expression and i can promise you that if you are experiencing something if something is like 
hurting your heart or just like on your mind, or it's just like pressing for you to share, I can guarantee other people need to hear that exact same message. And you're the person to, to share it. So you guys, that was so fun. So these are the strengths and the superpowers of highly sensitive people. I would love to hear how this episode resonated with you. I'd love to hear what your top empath archetype was. Did it resonate? What was your biggest takeaway from this episode? Let me know. Thank you so much for being here. Seriously, you guys mean so much to me. I'm so grateful for all of you listening, sharing, reviewing the podcast. It really, really means a lot. And like, thank you for just, yeah, believing in me and supporting me because here we are almost at 100 episodes and that is so freaking cool. So I love you all. And I cannot wait to talk to you next week. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.